everyone is talking about germs, about algae, about mildew. No, I know they're talking about the virus. What about some of the viruses outside your home? As the weather's getting warmer, now is the time. Let's make your property, home or business, look as best it can with Bethel Softwash. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel Softwash. Now, you can text Jared at Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, Bethel Softwash of Lincoln. Free day, free same-day text estimate at 401-617-2585. Text him at 401-617-2585. And what I mean is, if you text Jared, this is what my house looks like. He'll give you a free estimate right there. I'm talking outside your home. I encourage you to visit their Facebook page and you can see the before and after and what a difference it makes. Bethel soft washing is the low pressure system. It won't harm the surface. Low pressure H2O combined with the biodegradable chemical removes those biological elements like uh, algae and uh, mildew and you don't need it. The biodegradable plant safe solution Wait to see the difference. Now, I tell people, go to uh, log on to the Facebook page, Bethel Certified Softwash. Bethel Softwash, and look at the before and after. What a difference it makes. Bethel Certified Softwash Power Wash for your home, for your business, for your walkway, for your patio, for your deck. Make your home look beautiful. Get rid of that mold and algae instead. Bethel Certified Softwash. You can also text Jared at 401-617-2585. Make an appointment, free estimate, 401-617-2585. And look for them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Softwash. Right in Lincoln, Bethel Certified Softwash. And welcome to another edition of DePetro Debate. This portion of our program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Remember, if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body. The reason we call it DePetro Debate is because I am obviously John DePetro, and then with me is my sister, one of my siblings, but my sister, formerly Donna DePetro, Donna Perry. Welcome once again, uh, DJ. Great to be here in the lockdown world. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, some, a lot of people are still out and about. Let's start off. We are obviously going to talk about the virus, um, but I'd like to uh, just start off. Sunday night was a different type of debate. There is, you know, it's amazing how much the um, what's what's still going on. And that is the the Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden Democrat primary that is taking place right now. Yeah. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you thought about uh, Sunday night between Biden and Bernie. Well, um, you know what, J.D., it's it's the kind of circumstances that I, I do think it plays more for Biden than Bernie. When you are in the scenario where it's sort of like the elephant in the room circled around them the whole time, let's face it. Um, you know, this kind of the coronavirus national emergency, just th- there's no way to escape it. They spent a lot of time on that. They went into a lot of health care back and forth. I Obviously, it was such a marked contrast to the real rollicking debates that now seems like a long time ago of really just a few weeks ago. Um, and without the studio audience, um, you know, I just I do think it, it clearly had a more subdued effect um, I, I give Bernie a lot of credit for so long. He really was the front runner. Um, and he, 
you know, he has a lot of uh, important ideas to offer around that. But I think there's no doubt that it, it's one of those unusual times when a larger issue, John, just really kind of takes all the uh, air out of the room. You know, it just it, and that's what's tough. If you are in a position like a Bernie, you are trying. It was really one of the you know, they're kind of feeling like maybe that was the last big national stage moment for him to slow Biden down. Um, and I, I don't think, I don't know that Biden, I think he looked like Biden. You know, I don't know that he looked like some amazing in command person um, that maybe people were hoping to see. And he certainly was, in, in a way, it was an easy uh, moment for him to just take his shots at, you know, Trump. And obviously they're under a lot of criticism of how they're handling things right now. So um, I, I don't know how much it's going to, you know, move a needle when you have this um, very huge issue around it. So, um, you know, I, and I, I think that's what's, what's happening really what's left of, for the both of them. Like, are people even paying attention? You hate to right. say that, but no, but it's true. And you know, what's interesting, a couple things. And, you know, obviously, uh, especially Bernie, though, they've invested in Biden, but invested so much time and energy. And the way you were trying to do your campaign, which is, you know, he had the energy of the rallies. And obviously, yep. it's a different dynamic when you're trying to do a debate and there's no studio audience. And now there's just two people. There was really no energy in the room. It almost, right. to me, I mean, I don't think either one, it would be very difficult to look good in that type of scenario. Right. You have all of these, as you know, they prepare. They have all these position papers. They have a position. Where are you on everything? Suddenly, none of it matters. And, yeah. you know, for Bernie Sanders, a, a, a revolution, people are trying to find toilet paper. No one is <laughs> right. thinking about a revolution. Right. It completely, it, it almost, and I agree with you, it, it almost seemed dated. It kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, like this is what it was like. It was such a stark reminder. You know what also is interesting, Donna Perry, that I um, noticed with this is, the person who who he's out of the race, obviously, but the person who really was kind of built for this type of thing is Bloomberg because yes. he wasn't doing campaigns. Everyone is stuck in their house. You'd be seeing all the television commercials. That's true. He was kind of ahead of his time. If he had hung in there. Because... If he had hung in there, because that's that's really that's the way to reach people. And yeah. if you didn't have the debates and everything else, it's. It's just it's so fluid. But but just going back and because then obviously we are going to talk about the virus. I think um, I think it's it's very difficult for either one because neither one of them now, as you know, I mean, they can't get any oxygen on television. Well, J.D., you you know this better than anyone as a just expert on uh, me, not only, you know, broadcasting, but also how media really works. And this is if you are a campaign press relations team. That your worst nightmare is a scenario where you and I know, J.D., it, there is no other story. You know, That's like right. it's almost like there is no other story syndrome. That's yep. kind of what they're locked in. Yes. Uh, from a media point of view. And so, you know, you, you just can't. I mean, it goes from local to their level of national. I mean, if you're a uh, Rhode Island situation and there's some really cool thing has come through or a Boston news, you know, J.D., someone says... You're pitching it to the editors like, hey, could you write about they're like, get out of here. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's so in a larger way, I think that it, it was awkward. It was almost awkward to watch. It was like surreal because uh, for large parts of it that I 
um, as I was following it, like uh, Dana Bash was sometimes she her questions, she was like off camera. So it was it was kind of odd. It was like this voice is like giving them a few questions or, or I don't know, CNN was behind to throw the camera there. And then they're like physically apart, of course, because of the distancing issues. Um, I, I, I just think it was kind of tricky for Bernie in just so many ways. Um, I think he put up a good fight for it, but, you know, in that scenario without the audience, which I, I think people don't always understand how much the audience can give energy to That's the candidate, right. to the yes. person. There's no question. Yeah. Um, the audience gives that energy. So I think it was hard for them. They were also trying to sense the moment so you're in the middle of this kind of national public health emergency. So you don't want to be like a crazy nut mean, you know, saying, you know, I don't know. Like, I think it was it's they walked through it um, the best they can. Uh, it, I think it raises issues really that goes to the heart of what everything Bernie has said in a way when the federal government has seemed sloppy. Yes. J.D., I think it just reinforces to people I, I would not want the federal government in charge of like all elements of healthcare. I, no. I think that was kind of the elephant in the room from a, you I know, agree. Policy. You know, I, I had someone say last week, boy, this really favors Sanders. Who's been talking about healthcare for all. I would say the opposite. If anything, right. that's one of the reasons you see, or, or, or you're horrified. We you see what's going on in Italy and people feel, I want to be able to call my own doctor and go in and see exactly. him or her and tell them what's going on. This business, I mean, no one wants to be Italy right now. You know what else it, it also does, I think, is, I, I mean, Iowa seems so foreign and so long ago now, yeah, all the problems with the I Iowa know. caucus. But even now, that would not even fly. I mean, the idea of going into a gymnasium and there's all right. these people there and then you have to go and caucus among yourselves and everything else. I mean, that is out the window there. There are some states that are not even sure if they con should continue to have the, the primaries because people shouldn't be voting. Right. And obviously that uh, Mike DeWine, Ohio, that decision, you know, had just come down. Um, Ohio has suspended that. And that's a critical thing because Ohio long is seen as almost the bellwether vote um, that's right. for the country. And obviously, I think that team Biden would have been, you know, wanting to see how strong is his support. I'm sure in the middle of all this Trump out of the side of their ear, eye, you know, they were kind of trying to peek at Ohio, you know, what's is this where is the support? Is it soft uh, for Trump? So, you know, that's been suspended this week. Um, I obviously we're all in the uncharted waters, which is, uh, you know, kind of a cliche at this point. But I think in that way, um, it's a that's a very important question, J.D., though, also because technically there is a delegate count that is in their, you know, rules and procedures. So. If things are suspended, and again, I, I think that's unprecedented, like, could Biden not get the enough delegates if they're suspending mm. the voting? Um, then the DNC, you know, they have to go from there at that point. Um, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. This portion of our program is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Remember, your best lawn ever guaranteed. Your home, you're looking for something to do. Maybe you're out on your property while you're quarantine for the next couple of weeks call lawn doctor 401-392-1025 they come to your house they don't have to you don't have to deal with them they're outside go to their website lawndoctor.com the other thing i uh, encourage people about lawn doctor is that obviously they will uh, do the service to your lawn spring summer fall but they also 
They do crabgrass control, ticks and mosquito, Lawn Doctor. Go to their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them at 401-392-1025. It's John DePietro, weekdays from 11 to 2. Remember, it's on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online. Visit the website, dipietro.com. You can contact me there. You can also, uh, if you want to find out about advertising on the program, you can read the independent report. And if you ever miss any part of the show, just go to dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop it and see Ron and Melissa their bakery cafe 170 royal little drive in providence now they're right off silver spring street look for their facebook page ron's pastry gourmet they have delicious zeppelas they have everything you need for saint patrick's day they have cookies and pastry they have chocolate covered donuts they have cannolis ron's pastry gourmet world famous you'd always see them at water fire there'd be a line around the block everything is fresh brownies cakes pies and They have the exclusive Trump pastry. That's right, making pastry great again. Try some of the Trump cupcakes or the Trump cannolis. You're going to love it. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They're new. They're open. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They are right next door to a AAA location in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. Again, stop it and see them making pastry great again. They have the uh, Trump gift basket that you can get that's always terrific but everything is fresh ron for 55 years what does he do he creates delicious fresh pastry and it's and for perfect for saint patrick's day for a trump rally ron's pastry gourmet look for them on facebook and again cookies pastry uh brownies chocolate covered donuts cannolis zapalas and everything all trump pastry as well Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Our segment is DePietro Debate. My guest, well, my regular on the segment is my sister, Donna Perry, Donna DePietro. Um, let's talk about uh, the Trump campaign. They certainly... Um, this is one of those situations where this was obviously not what they were looking to do. They're trying to find their footing underneath them. Um, th- this is, they. I think they're getting better. They're, as they say, finding their footing a little bit. Uh, the, the president, obviously, listen, that was very difficult. They were almost, I, I would even say in denial. They couldn't believe this was happening. It yeah. is happening. But I'd like to hear, how do you think it is very effective when you're up there and you have the people from the CDC and you start to see these characters appear? Suddenly that Anthony Fauci is everywhere. He is tremendous, commanding. There's the the woman whose name escapes me, but she is fantastic. Um, How do you think of late the Trump administration is handling the coronavirus? Well, I think uh, I agree that they have turned a corner in uh, their presentation, the tone and and really their action on the ground. And that's what he he needed to do. Um, But I do think, J.D., uh, we have many months to go here, unfortunately, but I think um looking back there there is no question that for many reasons that are really not his personal fault um you know they they were kind of got a late start on on this thing and again you know that's what you have staffs for 
Um, I do think they've turned a corner. I think some of the statements, it it almost is surreal, J.D., when they're like the president of the United States has to say in more recent days, we suggest no gatherings more than 10 people. Ten people is suddenly a crowd. We may not be able to have like a family Easter. Yes, that's right. There's a a good out. I'll have to call Paula after this. Well, I was, you know, people, everyone starts to wonder, you know, it does. And we can talk about the psyche of it, but. It, um, you just start to look at, I just find, I think people looking at people differently. You look at strangers differently. Could that be someone that could infect me or even just a regular family member comes over and you don't know who I'm seeing a thing. Don't be a spreader is what they're calling it. Well, that's um, it. Yeah. I don't like, know if you've seen the video, Carl Reiner's son, uh, they cut a video together, Carl Reiner, uh, <clears throat> who's obviously, uh, yeah. he's, uh, uh, no, um, excuse me, Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks oh, and okay. his, his, uh, son. And they cut a video when Mel Brooks is behind glass and he's knocking, talking to the son. And the son is saying, hey, listen, I'm 47. And if I get coronavirus, I'll probably be fine. But my father, Mel Brooks, the famous comedian, and he's uh, 93 and he's knocking and, and kind of behind glass and said, and then that could wipe out Dick Van Dyke and um, Carl. And I think Carl Reiner's that's where it's mentioned. Yeah. So they say, don't be a spreader. That is, I think, Donna Perry is the big thing. That needs to I don't I, I don't think that's being reinforced enough because as much as people have a blase attitude about themselves, oh, you know, I'm in good shape, I don't care. What they don't get is, but you don't want to be the spreader of a germ that could lead to the death of an older person or a person with a compromised immune system. Right. And and that's a great point. I think that this is the new front that we're seeing this week, that they're trying to get the message to millennials, um, that they're saying, because there's been so much reporting that it really only affects older people. Um, but now they are saying that's why, you know, you, you don't want to be a spreader. There's a lot of medical information that the public is still getting their hands around. For instance, you could, if you're an otherwise healthy person, you could like have a mild version of it and you don't even know. Right. And then that gets into this whole battle and they've been certainly slammed on the testing. I know this week, finally, there's millions of testing and, you know, they're going to sort all that out. Um, but that is a very important point um, about just, you know, they are draconian measures. We all have, you know, college kids and we know it was, you feel very bad. And at first, I have to say how much has changed in even 10 days, J.D. Yeah. Um, we, we all felt like, gosh, that seems extreme. They're going to end the semester on campus, you know, um, and you do feel bad for the kids. And But once everyone gets by that, really, it was a shock. I mean, we in our lifetime, I've never seen well, every college campus essentially shut down like that. No. So um, really is a shock. But. It's amazing how in a short period of days you think, well, of course they had to do that. You know, like you get real on it and you say, yeah, that would be very dangerous to have all these kids living, you know, in these close quarters and dorms. And more importantly, they could infect older, whether they're professors or, you know, older adults who are in their midst. Good point. I think that was like a really big piece of it for the colleges. Not that, you know, 20 healthier 20 year olds will get get it but it like to your point to be a spreader um i I just want to say um we've also though turned a corner that's and which is why i think the president's tone it's taken a while i think his tone is correct in recent days when you go the little thing you can do you run in your stop and shop jd people are are frightened um i i hear in the backdrop you know you can hear little snippets of conversation. And I, yep. it's, it's interesting where someone will say, 
well, I'm not afraid for me, but you know, my mother or my, you know, elderly, this or that, or, you know, or my kid has asthma. Um, people are frightened. I think that's going to be another big piece of um, Trump's real test here. This is clearly the central test of his presidency, John. Yes. Um, and I'm not trying to be political. No, but they, no. They, they, they could win or die on the vine of this. There's exactly. zero question. Anyone it, who doesn't understand that is, is, is lost. Not is in the lost. reality. And, and I think is, is, is he is starting to realize that this goes beyond just you happen to be the president or it was a one term or build the wall. This is a historical moment that if he could embrace the, there would there would be no election is if he could rise to the challenge and be yeah. the leader that the country needs and really be. And the fact of saying, uh, you know, I'm sorry, we're getting the private sector involved. I need private labs. I need companies coming up with it. That that is a different approach. In, and that really could could be a turning point here. He did. I'll say this for President Trump. He did take flack and he didn't back down. He by him canceling those flights from China, he did slow down the disease he took a lot of flack for it. And I know people are uh, this is one of those situations. Sometimes there's there's no good answer here for him to say yeah. we're stopping the flights from Europe. You're seeing other countries are shutting their borders. If they handle this correctly, they could just start to truly guide, literally guide the nation through this. But let's also just talk about I'm curious to hear and a lot of the listeners don't realize, but I have uh, a college student whose semester was ended. She's home. My niece, yeah, who's Donna's daughter, her semester came to a quick, abrupt. What are her thoughts and what is the mood amongst her and her friends? That, that's a really good question because um, it, they were, I, I mean, I, I can just tell you when it first was announced at Boston College, she called me and burst into tears yeah. because it's a, you know, I mean, again, we, none of us can even imagine that, J.D., no. your second semester, sophomore year. Uh, spring is a fun semester on campus. But, yes. And they and also, you know, we live in a time when at that in these uh, sophomore year, junior year. But you're also like very busy with like looking at internships and all these kinds of things that are yep. part of what they do now, you know. And so all that kind of comes to a grinding halt so abruptly, all their friends and all their plans and, you know, and all of that. So it was very, very upsetting. Um, when I went to help pack her up on the weekend, it was really an odd, eerie sight because yeah. in the middle of March, all these, you know, station wagons and whatever and um, SUVs and people are, you know, pack and the kids just look so dejected. Um, but what is odd with all of this, J.D., as we're saying, it what's kind of almost like frightening is five days ago feels like now you, it's like that even seems normal. You're thinking, well, of course they all have to get out of there. Cause look at, I mean, we're ready to quarantine cities and, and stuff. So, um, but I, I do think this is one for the books for history. And I did say that to her and, and, and I know that's hard, you know, when you're 20 and you know, all your plans, but they're, they're realizing that, you know, in um, the month of April is probably to me the most fun month on a college campus. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've made it through the year, the weather's getting nicer. You have the, the spring weekends with the music and everyone, and it's such a festive time. And then you leave on such a high note. No, it is difficult. And I want to touch on what we're going to touch on coming up is I want to I want to talk to you about um, so many people that are saying the media is just flaming this up. I think that's unfair. I want to hear your thought. But there's an, a larger issue here 
for this generation that I think could be a real challenge in some way. It could it could shape their generation. Um, and, and we're going to touch on that. And then obviously, Governor Mundo and Governor Baker, folks, it's the John DePietro show weekdays, 11 to 2 on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by JKL Engineering called JKL. Listen, you're going to be in your home. You might as well be nice and comfortable. They'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summer. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts called JKL Engineering at 401-351-7600. Remember, if you ever find yourself in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340-401-272-3340 for West Fountain Auto Body. It's Kenny, it's Patricia, maybe Kaylee answers the line. Look for them on Facebook, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They're right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. So you're riding along and you're maybe minding your own business and going the speed limit and boom, you just never know when you can find yourself in an accident. You have people that are texting and driving or they're drunk drivers, or you have people that they're compromised, or they're they're on something, or whatever it may be. People just, they're not paying attention. They're texting. They go through a stop sign. They go through a red light. Uh, they drive very recklessly through a parking lot, and all of a sudden, you have damaged your vehicle. Well, the first thing you want to do is call 911, fill out a police report. If you can drive your vehicle, your first phone call is to West Fountain, 401 401- 272-3340. Maybe you know someone. Do you have a family member or a friend or someone you work with that was in a car accident? Listen, it's it's uh, number one, it shakes you up. Number two, hopefully you're okay. But number three, let's get the car fixed. Call West Fountain, 272-3340. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Now, if you're in an accident and you can't drive your vehicle, it was that badly damaged, when the tow truck shows up, tell them, bring this vehicle to West Fountain Auto Body. Look for them on Facebook. This is where I would bring your car. This is where I bring friends, car, family. They will repair your vehicle. They'll handle everything for you. Showroom-like condition. Get it back on the road. West Fountain Auto Body. Since 1927. 401-272-3340. 401-272-3340. Look for them on Facebook. West Fountain Auto Body. It's John DePietro. Our segment is DePietro Debate. With me is one of my siblings, Donna Perry, Donna DePietro. I just want to follow up before we talk about the media and then also Governor Baker, Governor Armando. But this is um, what, what this generation is going through right now. When we were growing up, you'd hear about how when people were growing up during the Depression and how it changed them. And we had old relatives that talked about the sacrifice of during World War II and so forth. This is a generation that it's going to really stick with them, that all the spring athletes um, and the phrase, it's it's not fair. It's not fair that they don't get to play for the state championship. There was no NCAA tournament. There were school plays that are um, suddenly they're just not happening. And even though they've worked in practice and then you have all the college kids that suddenly their semester has, has come to an end. I think it's a defining moment for this young generation, our children, of to learn at a young age that life is not fair. This is not something that can be purchased, go around. They are growing up in a generation that 
for the for certain kids um you know the influencers on instagram you want to meet justin bieber boom your parents pay two thousand you get front row to the concert you get to meet him backstage uh zipping around always on the phone the, and also for young children that are always a uh, young generation told they need to socialize more and they're so just on their phones and so forth this is different because suddenly now there is no option to be socializing. J.D., that, that is, those are all really great and important observations um, because you're, you're right. And it, it, it's a time for parents of, of young people to, to really kind of have some of these um, talks with them if they're feeling you know, really down and kind of dejected with all this. Um, I mean, they've always said every generation, every generation sooner or later will have their test in American life. And I, I, you know, I think let's face it. Now this has come along. Um, it is historic. Uh, it is the, the test of their age. And I, I think you're right. It, it also says some young people have had, you know, um, they've had a very, you know, sort of nice cushioned life. Uh, and I remember our dad used to talk about that and then life will throw you a curveball. Um, and, and it does, and everyone is going to get hit with a curveball sooner or later. Sometimes, you know, a lot of them, maybe if they just started college or even a senior in high school, this is very yes. tough for them. And you feel heartbroken. Yeah, your prom, all the plans, you, you know, your sports, um, you know, a, a ceremony. Everything. And when they get the award, I mean, really, it's heartbreaking. And it is hard to say that to 17, 18-year-olds. But, you know, you think back, Vietnam. That was a t- that was a, the generational test. Some of our yes. older siblings and they That's knew, right. you know, Jimmy, the kid down the street. Next thing you know, the kid was on a plane going over to Southeast Asia to know where the heck he was going. I mean, that's right. That happened. Yes. And or our neighbor down the street that was in a wheelchair because they had polio. Yeah. And the polio you generation. See different instances um, of life is not fair. And, I think it's just transfer. This is not something that can be fixed. This is not something that someone can make a phone call. There's nothing that can be no, done. And you can't just, that's right. And, and it, but you try to say to them, and this is where leaders speaking are going to have to really also try to say that and help parents uh, and officials. And months from now, we will come out of this. We know I, I've said to Ginger and other people, you know, it's, it is hard for a young person to hear that it's character building, but again, life throws every generation their tests. Yep. And, and so it's what you do with it. And you have to really and then you have to mature a little bit around it. And, and young people will, as other generations did. Um, you learn sometimes life isn't fair. And, and also, J.D., I think the biggest thing you learn is life doesn't really come with a script. And no. so I think, you know, they and they've lived at a time, as you say, there's also a lot of preoccupation, maybe with a lot of superficial topics. And I think yes. social media drives that. That's right. Um, preening for yourself and photos and that. Okay, that's fun, but it's like, you know, now is real lifetime. And so, this has become the end of the selfie because now when you yeah. have social distancing, you're not going to have a stranger come up to you and just say, hey, let's take a selfie. Great not in point. this type of climate. Yeah. Let's talk about the media. You have experience with media, obviously. Um, I, I want to hear your thoughts. And I hear a lot of complaints of people. This is the media. They're just panicking people. They're inflaming people. To me... I want to hear your thought, but I, I have no tolerance for that because my thought is anyone that is saying that fundamentally does not understand the role of the media. 
because the media, the news is not, see, and it's also a misconception of the news is not there to entertain people. It's become that. But the news, you know, every time I put it on, it's bad. Why don't you people talk about something else? They have a fundamental misunderstanding of what news is. Yeah. And well, that's right. And because of there have been so many episodes um, of like really, really uh, tough relations, let's say, between not just his White House, but, you know, White House and national press and all that. So people sometimes now that perception of just, uh, you know, oh, you're out to get the guy and all that stuff. We're talking a life and death situation. Right. Um, And I'll I'll get and I'm, I'm circling back to that. I mean, I think all in all. At this moment, the media is doing exactly what it was built to do. That's right. This is vital, life-saving or life—you know—threatening um, information, John. Yeah. It is the media's job, good or to say, if they are saying, you know, you shouldn't do anything like this, that we need to report that to you, and you need to listen to that. So I think um, this is the moment the media, you know, has stepped up has to step up. Let's be honest. When this is around us, like I said before, it's that kind of an unusual moment. It was like aftermath of 9-11. There really is no other story. You know, there's very little room for a whole lot of other reporting on a lot of things when this is life and death. And this is, um, you know, really, really uh, important safeguards and protocols and people need the information and it's changing hourly and daily. So um, I just think for anyone to have some strange notion that, um, oh, it's just negative. It's like, hey, wake up. Yeah, we're, this is a tricky thing. So, That's right. I don't know. I also Sorry, think what I you're hear looking people, for. It's, it's, um, it's very different. I mean, anyone, if, if there's a politician out there, they, they have to communicate. We all think of Garrahy during the blizzard of 78. Uh, right. I think of the days after the station nightclub fire when Governor Kachiri rose to another level. You don't normally see politicians this many times. But with some people, for instance, every time Governor Baker, uh, the governor of Massachusetts, is giving a press conference, the, the media takes it. And then I hear and get email from people of, what you know, there's no need. They didn't really say anything. Well, maybe, again, people have to look outside themselves. Maybe you knew what they were saying. But if you're the media, if you don't carry that, and whether it be Governor Baker, Governor Mundell, whoever that reports a death or far more serious information, I'm just trying to figure out. I don't know what news these people are looking for that's so important. You know, cover with something else. There's other things going on. There's really nothing else going on. Right. This is unprecedented. I, I would even say worse than 9-11 simply because it's reaching every pocket of the world. Now, granted, I'm not saying 9-11 was obviously a... a uh, just a terrible, horrible, terrific, uh, horrific event of our lifetime. But, but it was it was really New York City. It was Washington. But when you have you know a nursing home in Washington State or small towns in Italy, this is something out of a movie of a worldwide pandemic. Right, and and that's the thing. I mean, there. This is I would agree bigger. I, the 9-11 it is. In, in the aftermath. Unfortunately, yes, that was like an actual attack. True. But it that did not affect like every major American city. I mean, no. that didn't affect if you were in Houston or Chicago, right. et cetera. So um, and even they talk about the 08 fiscal meltdown. Well, that's certainly paling in comparison Absolutely. to what we are talking about. And, and uh, as I said earlier, see, but this is the test. 
for Trump. Yes. Um, John, this this will be a make agree. or break situation. I, I just think there's no doubt about that. I do think. Uh, fair or not, there are a lot of people who probably were with him who have been muttering and saying, you know what, like, because they're at the end of the day, the average person just knows, gee, is my little own family, what's the situation? Is uh, losing jobs, uh, this and that, the kids out, of, they've lost the rest of their school year. Um, you know, people do hold a top leader accountable. They do. So, the test is really, really for him at this point. And I, I just think when you have the information coming out now, I would point to some of the governors in, you know, New York's uh, governor. And Cuomo. Hold on. And we're going to Go touch ahead. on that. This okay. portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by Henry Oil. Folks, remember, call Henry Oil. They want to be your reliable, affordable oil delivery. 401 521 521 Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery serving Rhode Island since 1947. It's Henry Oil. Remember, for your business, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer Pickup and Delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Our segment is DePietro Debate. With me is Donna Perry. Let's touch on uh, the governors. And you were going to touch on New York Governor Andrew, uh, Andrew Cuomo. I'd like to hear, he's getting a lot of airtime, as you can imagine, of uh, certain politicians, you know, the mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio. But let's, let's stay with the governors for a moment. And, and I want to hear you, how do you think uh, Governor Cuomo was handling this? Well, I think um, he has actually become one of the, like the one of the faces of of national leaders you know who, who has um stepped up but because he's he's very fearful and he's being very aggressive and he's giving daily briefings and i think uh up to now it's a little bit been in a bit of it's a point of contention directed right at trump in the white house and i think he's also kind of now leading the region of governors you're seeing new jersey's governor uh and and baker and then, you know, Romando, they're a little bit following suit. I think he has been kind of sounding the alarm and saying, here is what the story is. He very much is worrying that um, New York and like every place in the event that this becomes pandemic level of needing people need hospital beds. He's just being honest. We, he's saying in that ultimate worst case scenario and they do run you know they run statistical models jd that's what's going on right now you know they're running the models if it got this high he's saying we don't have enough hospital beds he's at he's calling for the um army corps of engineers to be put into action um and then what he's i think why he's being um you know very aggressive against the white house he's saying you have to order that he you know you're the president you have to order that so 
I think his aggression uh, is one of those things where he, you know, he doesn't care how it comes out. He's saying, we're in an emergency. These are very dramatic things about hospital readiness and hospital capacity. And I, I want to say, J.D., I think right now the governors uh, around the region and when you get to Charlie Baker, they now look like they're calling the shots the right way. Baker dropped the gauntlet just the other day. Yep. Mass is essentially the state of Massachusetts, not just Boston, is essentially shut down. Yes. Um, so from all schools, as we know now, it's becoming regular, all restaurants, all gathering places, essentially. Uh, you have a lot of people not going into offices. They're telecommuting, you know, with the city. Um, and I mean, obviously, the colleges are just shut down. So um, I, and I think that you, we this could get more dramatic than that before it gets better. Uh, Governor Raimondo and uh, you hold on. We're going to get to her. We're going to get to her. But I want to touch on you're hitting on something larger. And that is this is there's several things. This is an opportunity. Real leaders are emerging. And I agree with you. Cuomo, uh, you know, going back and forth with the president, you're seeing the governor of California, uh, Governor Newsom, him also taking actions. The governor you mentioned of Ohio. This is what people are not used to. And that is, it's, they're running the state. They're the chief executive of their state. You have to make decisions and not sometimes wait for the federal government, but that makes sense for the residents of your state. Yeah. And I think that is where Baker is not waiting for cues from Washington. He is seizing, sizing up the situation. He has some of the best medical people in the world with Mass General. And when they're announcing, you know, no marathon and bars and restaurants close and everything else, he is making the decisions that are impact and affect Massachusetts. And this is a real test for leaders. Are you just someone that's there to to follow? Are you just there right. someone that's truly leaders emerge out of this? And and that is we're getting back to the real fundamentals, I think of what is government supposed to do? What is a leader supposed to do? Uh, government is not about all these diversity programs or all these things that now seem so insignificant. It is about protecting citizens. It is about life and death. It is about you have to make the decision on the information you have. You were elected to lead, and now it's time to lead. And, and for some people, this is a tremendous opportunity and a chance to shine. For others... You notice they seem to be like a day behind. So you started to mention uh, Ramundo. How, how do you think? I, I just can't help but think that she just seems to be, I, I don't know, there's still something not un. It's just not authentic. It's just to me, she still seems, you know, she's very poised where it's her and Dr. Scott up there and it's two women and the diversity and yeah. she's pushing <laughs> behind the scenes like. Hey, listen, uh, you know, Biden team, he said he wants he's definitely going to have a female in the ticket. Here I am, a governor leading the state through this crisis. There's just something uh, she 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 I think there's just others that just seem to have it that I, I just don't see it in her. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I think she always comes across. I've long thought this. Uh, she's rather tentative in her leadership style. You yes. know, she always comes across. Um, like to your point, John, I think it's not a time for political correctness. You know, she's always taking the temperature a little bit of, you know, and, and very kind of trying to soften the message. This is not the time 
for softening the message. Right. Um, Rhode Island is the most densely populated state in the United States. And I will tell you right now, we know it's spreading yes. in Rhode Island. Yep. Um, they can cling to their numbers. We know most of it has not been tested. And Rhode Island, by the way, John, has one of the highest elderly That's right. and, and low-income yes. elderly yep. populations. Yep. So The Rhode was... Island numbers are in question simply because it yeah. doesn't match up. Rhode Island actually had uh, more test-positive cases than mass. And if we're to believe the numbers of which medical people are telling me they're way low, um, Mass and Rhode Island at one point were both like three and four and three and five. And suddenly Massachusetts is at almost basically 200, 187, 197. Rhode Island, they're claiming is 21. And I'm hearing from medical people that that is that is not the case. But she also, you know, I just also can't get out of my mind that and I posted these on my Facebook page. But when the first story I saw on the coronavirus in the journal was February 6th, and it was Dr. Nicole Scott, head of the Rhode Island Department of Health, and her message there was uh, all this was doing was fanning the flame of anti-Chinese sentiment. And she said the <sighs> same thing to the Boston Globe as, as late as early this month. In March, she was saying that. Now, yeah. To me, this is not a time for political correctness or diversity or Let's remember, you shouldn't be afraid to eat Chinese food. That, that to me, I just can't get past that, that that was her first reaction to this. Yeah. And John, you know what? That was really valuable time moment. Yes. That, that was really wasted messaging. It was. Worse than that. That was wasted time. I'm sorry. I mean, we now look back and I'm not trying to say Ramonda wouldn't care about the state, but she spent an awful lot of time politicking. She did. Uh, she was right with Bloomberg. Right to the end of February. She did in that the Wall Street Journal. um, Well, it was right after Bloomberg, really, even to the first week of March uh, when uh, uh, in the Wall Street Journal, when they did an interview with the first patient, Mark Thebolt of St. Rayfield's Academy, what did not get enough play, I don't think, because I think that the media is going easy on her in these press conferences, is he illustrated for the Wall Street Journal that he went to a Rhode Island hospital the first week of March and was turned away. And that is lack that, you know why? Because the hospitals were not getting guidance from the Rhode Island department of health. The media has chosen to give her a a pass on that. Um, Governor Raimondo also, as far as removing the politics, the other day, Donna Perry at her press briefing, she was asked how mayor Fung, uh, he cut a video telling the Cranston West students, listen, I know it's a hassle and everything, but you, you can't go out and about, you got to stay home. And she was asked about it on Sunday and she said, oh, I haven't seen it. You know, he's the mayor of your second largest city. He did something that was the first one to do it, to cut a video directly to these kids. Right. That you have to right. stay in. You know, she just can't remove the politics from it instead of that could have just been a chance for a nonpartisan compliment. I saw it. I thought it was great. She immediately goes into the role of, nope, I didn't see it, even though he's the mayor of her second largest city. Right. And, and that was exactly. And then, well, first of all, sometimes she has very, it seems, very unseasoned staff. Um, you know, someone like, okay, she's a busy governor. One of the staff could have pulled it up on the phone and say, just look at this for 25 seconds or something. You know, like they, they're just, they don't think like that. They don't operate like that. And, and it is worrisome um, that she, like, would take that kind of a tactic at that moment, yes. J.D. You're right. Like, just uh, what about, oh, well, all hands on deck right. and, and having teamwork, okay? You don't. You don't go back and have a little grievance at that moment. I mean, you know, Mayor Fung was, I think that was like important messaging. It was. 
Um, and Abar, and I think... Abar, home city of Cranston. And I just want to throw in, folks, this portion of the yep. John DePietro show is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Listen, you're in your home. Suddenly you're noticing, hey, a lot of my appliances don't work. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair today, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals. 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 from MEGA Professionals. It's John DePietro. The segment is DePietro Debate. With me is one of my siblings and it happens to be Donna Perry. Uh, just following up on the governors of Baker and Raimondo, what sticks out in, in your mind of how they've been handling this? Well, um, I, I think so. A couple of things about uh, Massachusetts Baker. He is a very proactive kind of a leader. Um, so he behind the scenes and this would have been a couple of weeks it's taken to get to this point. See, he doesn't wait. And as you were mentioning earlier, John, so he quickly saw a little bit of chaos going on at the federal level. Mass has a very strong, obviously, a bio test you know, industry sector. And so they got quickly that mass got waivers. And anyway, they have private labs now involved and able to spit out testing facilities and testing kits. Those are the kinds of things that he does. He doesn't have to look over his shoulder and see what other governors are doing, which I think is kind of her style. Um, You know, he just said, we got to jump on this. He is very proactive. At, at first, people were kind of thrown with the we're going to shut schools, which obviously may, they might be saying three weeks. We all know, uh, unfortunately, I, I think that could be the end of the school year. Um, but he is an aggressive governor. And that's when, you know, this is when it counts. And, and it's not all your, um, you know, political grandstanding and, and throwing out these kind of meaningless, you know, bumper sticker, politically correct phrases, John. Um, I also think that um, you've noted this and other people note one thing about his press conferences. They don't spend a lot of time congratulating each other. That's right. You know, and say, oh, and uh, Lieutenant Governor Polito, they, uh, you don't see that. He has he the podium. He's not, you know, he's like. Here's what's going on and here's what you need to know. And, you know, he's making very fast decrees like this starts at midnight. OK. And he's saying, I want to keep you alive and I want to keep you safe. So, you know, you don't need to waste these um, press briefings with all this like congratulations and bring up different people like just get to it. And I do hope and I hope this as my home state 
it is so densely populated. And I do hope that uh, the health director, Scott, you know, really has her hands around it. Um, and, and that, and I hope for everyone, all major leaders that they've got their hands around it and that they are not afraid to just enact very, very strict, unprecedented, you know, actions of, if it needs further separation, you may need some quarantines. They're going to have to consider it. Folks, again, uh, it's the John DePietro show weekdays. We start at 11 and we're here till 2 on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen to the show at DePietro.com. Go to the website and then also follow me on both Facebook and Twitter at John DePietro Show. Um, Donna Perry, uh, final thoughts on anything that you want to mention during our DePietro debate? Uh, you know what? The, the final thing, though, is going to be the, uh, the fiscal and economic impact on the average person. And JD, th- that's another big piece of, obviously we have to really try to keep as many people not getting this real terrible thing, but that's going to be the next thing for Trump. They're working on it now, but that is not a small piece in the, uh, of, you know, a part, a battle in this war, John. I mean, when you're talking about uh, the level of small business closures, when you see outright no restaurants, whether it's from, you know, New York, Boston area, all over the region. Um, I mean, I've seen even in my little town, sadly, already on the main street, two storefronts, they got the for sale sign out. That happened in 48 hours because little eateries feel, you know what? We've gone four months here. I can't make it. So I, and I also just think long-term huge American unemployment. Um, they are saying at the in four more weeks, John, a million Americans will be out of a job. <laughs> I mean, that's um, well, that's going to be the next war. You know, the next war battlefront. You're listening to the John. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland. Do you need a good plumber? Are you in need of a good plumber? You know, suddenly you have a plumbing emergency? Well, call Victor Quartz today at 401-714-8478. Whether it's problems with your pipes or your drain, repair and maintenance, you can depend on Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland. Family-run business over 20 years. Call Victor Quartz today at Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland, 401 714 8478 fully licensed and insured a plumbing service you can depend on you're in need of a plumber something wrong the bathroom the kitchen some pipes a drain call quartz plumbing of cumberland today 401-714-8478 401-714-8478 family-run business over 20 years call victor quartz at quartz plumbing today